The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello. Welcome to the Port Adelaide preview podcast for round 11 versus Richmond. Uh, we played at 4.05pm ASA time on Saturday afternoon at Adelaide Oval. I'm Portia and joining me, as is very often the case... Well, it hasn't been for some time now. Uh, is a Mac and Arjean. How are you? Mate! You're back! Yeah. How good's this? It's pretty good. Pretty good. Finally giving people what they want. Less of Rick and more of Porsche. Oh, yeah, well, there we go. I mean, I, I guess uh, we've got to get prepared for the massive vendor of tea that uh, Rick's going to go on if uh, they keep playing uh, Archie over at West Coast. Oh, that'll be done by the end of the on. season. Oh, how is that happening? Anyway, <laughs> how are you, Mako? How are you? I'm pretty good. It's good that you're back. It's good that we're talking again. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, look, it's good that football's somehow existing. Um, in Over in Victoria, where I am, uh, it's uh, certainly hard to imagine, but uh, you know, it's good that other places in the world are happy and free. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. And what a game this is going to be for you to come back and talk about. Well, I mean, it should be a bit of a... Look, it, I, I want to say it's going to be a corker, but really, the way Richmond have been playing this year, uh, they've been playing just hard enough to win, and so there's also a really good chance of just be a really slow dower slog. I guess we'll find out uh, in the near future. But, uh, yep. yeah, no, it's certainly an important game for both teams. Uh, probably more for Port than for Richmond, I think. Mm-hmm. Richmond sort of this year, they feels like they haven't really taken their foot on put their foot on the pedal all that hard, and uh, whereas Port have been trying pretty hard to get to where we are. So, yep. uh, yeah, certainly a big one. Um, yeah, and a big one uh, this coming uh, coming up for uh, Jonas Lyons with the 150th game in the same week, which is not too bad, is it? It's pretty good. Both have been uh, good servants of the footy club, I think. Jonas probably, you know, coming from the rookie list, I think he's just about the best value draft pick we've ever had, I would think. Oh, you reckon? Be up there, maybe Dean Brogan might be uh, might be ahead of him, but can't think of too many yeah. other uh, players that have played as well as he has for us off a rookie list. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it really depends on how you want to look at it though, as well, because um, you know it's going to be very hard forever to beat Matthew Bode, uh, who we traded for Sean Burgoyne effectively, <laughs> who, who we then traded effectively for what did we get for Sean Burgoyne? Uh, Burton and Dersma now, so yeah. you know. If you want to talk about good picks, like using a free season pick on Matthew Bode, just keeps paying dividends. It's it still does. going. Long may it continue. <sighs> oh, dear. But, yeah, no, it's uh, certainly... I don't know. Maybe this is what they had in mind when they uh, started co-captains originally, was they just have a really big bumper week in the centenary year with co-captains playing their 150th game in the same week. That's it. <sighs> oh, oh, look, I think they've both had uh, good careers for Port Adelaide. Jonas, obviously... Captain currently having a career best year at the moment. Wines, you know, he started off with a bang. He's probably tapered off a little bit in recent years, but, you know, both have been pretty good servants for the footy club. Yeah, what do you think about Wines this year? What do you reckon about his form? Better than last year, but still not <laughs> up to the Ollie Wines of, you know, 2017, I don't think. But, you know, I'm not sure whether we'll see that form from him again. I'm not sure. What do you think's missing? I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that we don't rely on him to do all the heavy lifting anymore and, you know, we've got other players that are capable of doing it now. 
Um, so yeah. he's just not having that sort of impact as what he used to have, you know, three, four, five years ago. But uh, I don't know. He's just uh, changed a little bit as a player. Maybe it's you know his body wearing down a little bit. I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, in a year that we're doing at the top of the ladder. Well, I guess one other thing that's really good to notice is just how um, there are still some games happening that uh, this kind of year really deserves, like uh, Melbourne versus Adelaide. Did you catch any of that game, Macca? I watched it last night. I watched all of it. Uh, and it was a ripper. As a uh, Melbourne member, you should be pretty happy with how they play. <laughs> I've been mean, Melbourne member for a couple of years, Macca. <laughs> but, uh, boy, it's just uh, two terrible teams this year. Absolutely awful. But... Uh, Oh my gosh, what's going on? Do you reckon Nick's is, which which of these coaches do you reckon is going to get sacked first? That's the real question. That is the real question. I think um, I don't know. I, I reckon it's they both could go at the end of the season. Really, I reckon if if Melbourne don't make the finals, which you would think won't happen, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, Goodwin will probably go. I would think. I think Nick's might get a little bit more time. Even if they go winless, mm-hmm. I, I reckon they'll still stick with him for at least part of next year. And uh, if, if he still can't snag a win, then I reckon we might see him go by about round six, I think. But, yeah, I don't know. Adelaide are just uh, horrible. As worse a team mm-hmm. as I've ever seen. And uh, Melbourne should be better than what they are, but uh, they're not. No, no, look, they're pretty bad. Um, uh, and I think that of the two, if you're going to say who's going to lose the coach from the first, I mean, logically, it should be Melbourne. Unless Adelaide just decides to completely implode and just destroy everything and just completely gut the club. I mean, I guess that that's really the only circumstance in which Nick's goes, right? Because if Nick's goes in one year in, then that's basically means it's been a complete failure of the appointment process of the club, everything. Yeah. Well, it's it's very much a Primus 2011 situation, I think. You know? Yeah, true. Because we were horrible that year. Was it all Primus's fault? Absolutely not. You know, we had... You know, man boobs as a bloody fitness coach, and you know we had a midfield coach that was coaching from Melbourne, and all sorts of bad stuff that was happening. Um, I'm not sure Adelaide have all that many excuses really for why they're so bad, because we were broke as anything and you know struggling. Whereas I don't think they are, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think the jury's still out on whether Knicks can actually coach or not, but. It's hard to know when they're so bad and what the reasons are behind that. Yeah, well, I mean, also, there was a period, I guess, leading up to the pros uh, making that grand final a few years ago, um, when every draft we were saying, you and I were saying, oh, the pros are drafted pretty well. And I think the last few years we've been saying, oh, the pros are drafted bloody appallingly. And I was just wondering yeah. how much of a factor that might be in it as well. Yeah. Um, whether it's just that their recruitment has just left them bereft, or that sorry, their recruitment and their retention has left them bereft of talent that they really need uh, as a team. Well, I think it's certainly part of that. I think giving up two first round picks for Gibbs was clearly a bad <laughs> error in uh, in hindsight. Beautiful error. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful error. error. I love it. Yeah, I think um, you know, obviously they lost two draft picks with the Tippett fiasco as well, and all that sort of stuff. And they'd be hitting their prime right now, those two players and. I don't know, it just seems like the good players that they once had that are still there um, are struggling as well as, uh, you know, young guys that should be better just have not improved, like Fogarty and these sorts of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, to be fair, he's improved a bit. He's not playing in the SNFL every week, so, you know. Yeah. He's, he's getting a few games. Dean Bogan um, 
great name, Dean Bogan, in the uh, Spreaker Chat has asked, is Brayshaw cooked? Uh, Brayshaw at Melbourne? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah, look, maybe he... It's one of those cases, like, sometimes you see that with the players that sort of are fairly physical fairly early in the career, like, not that early, but early-ish, um, is that they can get cooked, but if they have a couple of down years, then they might come back later on, so... Yeah. Um, interesting to see what happens with him, really. Like, if he has a couple of quiet years where he doesn't play much or he just has to get his body right, um, he could still come back after that. Um, mm. It just really comes down to the player, doesn't it? I mean, let's, let's be real. I guess the classic example of that would be someone like Brad Ebert. You know, there's a couple of periods in his career where he sort of... He started well and he had a couple bit of quiet and he got his body right and he's somehow going through that anyway, even though with all his concussions, he's doing pretty well. So Yeah. I guess with Brayshaw, he's... I don't know. I don't think he's ever really delivered on his promise outside of that one year where he magically somehow came second in the Brownlow or whatever it was. Um, but he didn't look like doing that before that season, and he certainly hasn't looked like doing no. that since. Um, look, so that's I, I, that's definitely the outlier as opposed to him being poor being the outlier. So I think he's just yes. sort of reverted back to his mean at the moment. Yeah, I mean, he's probably a little bit below it, but I mean, I think that if you take that one season as the benchmark, I mean, that's the same thing as Essendon fans doing that with the Rosie Fantasia, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the same category, except, um, I don't know, different personality types as well, I guess. I don't know. Now, you've oh. got here, should Melbourne and Adelaide swap coaches? <laughs> yeah, I do. I would, I would love to see the Crows fans' reaction at Rashido if they end up with Goodwin as coach. Because that would like? be just the absolute like, job, he... jobs for the boys appointment that you could possibly get. But he's got experience and he's had a tuition under Paul Rubens. Why wouldn't they do it? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> look, he's, he's got a good pedigree as an assistant coach. But uh, yeah. yeah, look, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. <laughs> I just want to see the reaction. I mean, I think that of those two, um, at Melbourne have probably come off better out of that deal. But, um, yeah. you know, that's probably not, not not much in that one, I don't reckon. Uh, all right, anyway, let's talk about the court game that's coming up. Yeah, well. Uh, just talk a little bit about Richmond first. Uh, I had to remind myself how to interpret statistics in preparation while <laughs> I was doing the rundown for this uh, episode. So if I'm wrong or if it's terrible, just deal with it. Yeah. Um, so, so far for the season, Richmond are 6-3-1. and one. Um, two-game winning streak and playing, I reckon they're playing pretty early football, but, you know, I think that's mostly because the best football is usually played by teams that really want to win and they're just doing enough to win. Yeah. Um, and their injuries, they've got a lot of injuries. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, just looking through the stats, there are a few things that sort of stood out for me. Um, the midfield, I don't know if it's midfield, I guess, I guess everyone's midfield these days, but um, they're pretty soft. Like, they're very outside. They're very non-contested. Um, they're only 11th in the league for 100% so far this year. 12th for tackles, 15th for contested possession. And yep. part of contested possession can also be the opponent not actually contesting all that hard themselves. Yeah. Um, contested possession requires an opponent to be near you. Um, but I think it's just really mostly that they are not really working as hard as potentially they have in the past, not really putting in the same effort as they have. And I think that, you know, we've, everything we've seen about Richmond players in the media has sort of shown they're a little bit off. They're not all that interested. Uh, and I think that's sort of reflecting in their football. I think the player discipline's slipping a bit. They're, bizarrely, they're fourth for clangers and fourth most trees against. Um, they're, they're just not all there. Um, they remind me very much of a post-premiership Port Adelaide 
uh, team of the 2000s, um, 2005, and we were just sort of, I don't know what we were doing. <laughs> it reminds me of that sort of attitude to, to football, like just do enough to sort of be around the mark, and you can get caught out doing that. Uh, however, I reckon Jim is still doing his bit as the coach. The forward system's clearly still working, um, and of course the talent they've got there is just, uh, it's, it has to be respected. Yeah. Um, fourth for marks inside 50, third for goals. They're only 14th for contested marks, which having contested marks, it can be nice, but uh, if you're getting all this, if you're getting a bunch of goals, you've got a bunch of marks. Um, not having contested marks, all that really means is you're probably controlling it and your system's working pretty well. Um, yeah. you know, opposition aren't getting in the way and interfering with what you're doing. Yeah. Um, and finally, when they're moving the ball around the ground, like, this is an interesting one. They're second for bounces and fourth for uncontested possession. Um, because mm. they're basically the happy to stretch opponents with fitness and the knowledge that they've got the better forward system. So if both teams are under fitness stress, um, Richmond know that their system's better, so they'll just uh, sort of rely on that to win it over for them in the end. So that's certainly interesting. Um, yeah. Well, look, they love to run yeah. and carry the footy, Richmond. And, they do. Uh, look, they've, they've been up and down this year. I think, um, you know, to start the season, they were probably only just going, really, and doing what they had to do. But... Their last few weeks, they've been very, very good. You know, they, they thrashed the Dogs, they thrashed Brisbane. Um, mm. You know, they beat, obviously, other teams like North Melbourne, Sydney, Melbourne. They're on a, what, five five out of six winning run at the moment. So they're, yeah. they're hitting form. They're getting some players back. Um, as I said, they've they've had quite a lot of injuries. A lot of their better players have um, have missed probably at least half the games, which, uh, which is obviously going to have an impact. But there's no doubt some other players are probably a little bit Below what uh, you would expect, um, you know, Dusty's probably um, hit his straps in recent weeks. Um, Rewalt uh, probably hasn't hit his straps just yet. Tom Lynch has just been going. I don't think he's been all that special this year so far. And obviously, they've mm-hmm. missed guys like Nankovic, Prestia um, throughout the year. Basha Hooley hasn't played a lot of footy. Yeah. Um, Asprey as well down back hasn't played a lot of footy as well. Um, but look. They're coming into form just at the right time to play Port Adelaide, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, look, that's pretty Wonderful. fair. Although, as you said, what's it, four out of six, they're already on a pretty good winning streak at the minute. So um, I think that we just have to accept that if you're going to be top of the ladder, you actually have to beat form size. You do? That's, that's Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I guess we'll see. Um, as I said, the next two games are going to really test where Port Adelaide are at, you know, coming up against a, an informed yeah. Richmond side and coming up against Geelong. Uh, that's probably the two toughest games we're going to face for the rest of the year. Uh, it's mm. really going to tell a bit of a story about um, Port Adelaide um, and where we're at this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I guess there's one interesting thing. Uh, as I don't know where it comes down to the opponents we've played against, but uh, so far this year, we've actually Port Adelaide's been better at shutting down marks inside 50. Uh, we've got the seventh, second fewest marks inside 50 against us of any team in the league so far. Yep. Um, so hopefully that'll hold us in good stead, except for the fact that the Richmond Tolls are actually pretty tall. So, they are pretty tall, and they're pretty strong as well. Um, you know, yeah, is so obviously be... an absolute beast. And we saw him last year dismantle us at, uh, at Adelaide Oval. And, uh, you know, Rewalt always seems to play pretty well against us as well. Um, you know, I hate seeing him sort of run around the boundary with his, you know, his finger out, all that sort of stuff. So hopefully we can keep them um, under wraps. This week. Well, I mean, let's be real. I mean, uh, we talk about um, Jonas Wines playing their uh, 150th. Like, if Jonas wants to have a win in his 150th, he's really going to have, have a bloody good game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, we've got a lot of uh, interest in the Spreaker chat tonight, obviously with the uh, with the Superstar uh, podcaster coming back for the first time this year. Um, Dylan has uh, has said Adelaide may never win a game of footy again. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be wonderful. That would be um, pretty good. Dean Bogan wants to know who's the wing guard in next year's draft. Uh, it's hard to tell because no one's played football this year. So, it's um, kind of no idea. Yeah, we might do a bit of a draft special a bit later on. Uh, Rick Newenhoven, I'm not sure who that is, um, has uh, said, talk about sports, please. Uh, ben Jennings has said, would you rather fight 12 duck-sized good ones or one good one-sized duck? <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. I mean, I guess the good Depends how much cocaine are. they've had, really. Oops. Um, <laughs> well, what, even if it was an even, even amount, you'd probably rather fight the duck because, um, I don't know, like the 12 good ones... God, no, I wouldn't want to fight them. No. Why? That'd be, I mean, that'd be rough. Like, at least if there's a cocaine, high, uh, a Goodman-sized cocaine duck, I mean, there's only one of it. Mm. You know, you can keep your eye on it, you can avoid it. There's 12. You don't know where they're going to be. Shouting uh, at you. That's waving it. Waving their fist. <laughs> uh, Rick wants to know um, if Richmond will survive without their day spas and uh, apartment adjustments. You'd have to assume so. Maybe. I don't know. Will Brooke Cochin be able to cope uh, in Adelaide? I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, Rick also says Archie for 50. We know that's, uh, we know How that's is that under happen? the pump he's, now. He's averaging less than 10 possessions a game and he's played like nine games this year. It's so bizarre. I would love it if he plays every game this year, finishes on 49 games and then gets gets the Sam Gray treatment and gets delisted. <laughs> Look, I mean, that's not that's that's certainly on the cards. Um, both of them, ironically, I don't know how, but uh, mm. yeah. Right, is that it. all the questions for now, or that's it for now? That's it. Yep. All right. Back to so, it. Look, um, unfortunately, yeah. what I would normally do now, looking at wild run sheets and go, oh, let's talk about who's the ins and outs. Of course, I haven't named any ins and outs yet because we this don't is twenty twenty, and and everything's weird and everything's awkward and. There's too many games of football on every night, and oh, it's awful. So all we know is that we might get Lysit back, and who goes out for Lysit is, I think, pretty much the sum of what's going on. What do you reckon? Well, Sam Mays is out as well, obviously, suspended. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know if Burton's ready to go or not yet, or whether we go back to the, the well of Bonner. Um, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'd be okay with Bonner coming back to provide a little nah. bit of run and carry. Um, nah. But he's, you know, coming up to last chance saloon for sure, I think. If there's a team that is going to exploit the shit out of Bonner, it's Richmond. Just because he does have those freeze reactions and just because he does sometimes when he's under pressure, he just does the stupidest thing. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I'm done with Bonner. I'm actually, but they I'm do have a lot of very quick small forwards. That's the thing. And Bonner, I think, would actually suit... Uh, suit this game coming up as a bit of a horses for courses. You know, you can play on someone like a Castagna or a Bolton and uh, and keep up with them. And uh, so long as they don't, um, you know, get him back to the goal square, I think he should be okay. But, look, I'm also happy if he doesn't come in. But, uh, all right, I guess the big question this week, as you said, Lysett should be coming back in, is do we play both Lysett and Laddams? Or do we... Unfortunately, yes. see Laddams come out. Nah, look, I mean, okay, I guess 
we know what is likely to happen, and it is the Vladimir will come out for Lysa. We know that is the likely thing to happen. What probably should happen, I mean, really, we should be looking, <laughs> we've been saying this for, what, five or six years now? We should be looking at phasing Justin West stuff out and playing two rocks so we can develop the younger rock. What yeah. do you reckon? I think we absolutely need to go in with Lysa and Laddams this week. Westhoff needs to come out of the side. I think uh, we can play Laddams up forward uh, with Marshall out. I think we need that extra height up there to stretch their back line a little bit. Because their back line, having a quick squiz at it, uh, you know, they've got Grimes, Bolter and Broad. Um, mm. But, you know, a 200-centimetre Laddams might stretch that a fair bit. Yeah. Um, especially when you consider, you know, Grimes will probably... I don't know. I'm not sure what sort of matchups we're going to see because Bolter's the tallest of the of their defenders, I think. Um, mm. But I'm not sure he's experienced enough to go with Dixon yet. I think they might go with Grimes on Dixon, even though he usually goes on someone like Robbie Gray. Um, but if Laddams is up there, it might just stretch them a little bit. Uh, and we know he can take a mark, and he's a he's a nice kick for goal. So that's the way that I would go this week. Yeah, and I mean, look, uh, with Dixon and the form he's in this year, which has been pretty bloody excellent, um, you know, the old matchups might not actually work. So they might need to to pay a bit more attention to him. And, uh, yeah, as you said, adding uh, Laddams to that absolutely would stretch them for sure. Yeah. And look, they're going in, I would assume, um, you know, if the status quo stays the same, uh, they'd be going with Soldo and Chol as Ruckman. So I'd prefer to go in with two Rucks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, and especially one that can win the ball in midfield, you yes. know, just to create that little bit more disturbance to their system. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Um, apart from that, that's pretty much all I've got uh, for that area. I didn't write anything about uh, Richmond uh, in terms of their selections or anything like that, just because I ran out of time. Um, so game, where do you, where do you see us winning this game? What... Uh... What oh, part of the ground are we going to win this game? In? I mean, we have to win. In, we have to win enough in midfield. Yeah. Um, the issue, the issue, and we realistically, we probably have to win a comfortable majority of ball in midfield. And the reason for that is because Richmond has the more efficient system when they actually get it forward. Um, so if we're not doing everything we can to stop them getting it inside fifty, we're going to struggle. They're still going to get scores from getting inside fifty. Um, now, sometimes, yeah, okay, they can be inaccurate. We can't count on that. Um, so, look, midfield's got to win it. But I think that if our midfield does win it, our forward line could absolutely destroy Richmond's defence. Yeah. But if we don't get enough ball in midfield contests, in ruck contests, um, but just really just getting it into the forward line in a useful way enough, uh, if we can't do that, then we'll definitely lose. Yeah, look, it comes down to the midfield battle for me. I think um, you know, R- Richmond's midfield is a little bit undermanned from what they normally are. I think mm. ours has uh, been playing some pretty good football. Um, you know, it's it's going to be telling if uh, if our midfielders turn up or if we have another uh, case of the uh, Brisbane and St Kilda game where they uh, just go missing against a better opponent. But uh, hopefully this time, third time lucky, and. Uh, you know, the midfield turn up and win their share of uh, contested possession, get the ball forward, because I think if we get the ball forward enough, we're going to win the game, obviously. Yeah, but if, if we're doing it in a fashion that is useful, you know, like if we can... Can we talk about Zach Butters for a minute? Because he's been absolutely fantastic this year. 
And all I, all, I, all, I, all I can think is, in this circumstance, something like, if we can't play Zach Butters up forward because we're playing him somewhere else, then that's going to make us suffer somewhere else. But if we don't have Zach Butters up forward, then who's going to be doing all those cool little blocks and shit for the other forwards? Yeah. Um, I think that this is a game... Oh, I don't know. Where would you play him? Like, <laughs> you want him everywhere. You want two Zach Butters. You've only got one, and you've... You know, and you still need that Robbie Gray doing what Robbie Gray does, so it's going to be interesting. Um, I'd like to see Robbie spend a little bit more time in the midfield this week. I think. Mm. I think when he's gone there so far this year, I think he's played really well, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's got gotten the clearances and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, look, it would be nice to have two Zach Butters, that's for sure. But uh, look, I see him in his usual sort of role on that sort of forward flank, pushing through the midfield, and then darting back yeah. and uh, providing that sort of defensive pressure and and the wonderful blocks that he's been doing for our forward line. Because, I mean, ultimately, if Portimore are desperate, then that'll unsettle their defence. And I think that's part of why you really want Zach Butters forward because the way he's playing this season. Because he is playing with that desperation. That I mean, I guess in some form, Port have been chasing him for a while. Um, I hate to say it, but it is a quality that um, Jake Need did possess for a reasonable amount of time. In that he had the desperation to just sort of keep contesting. Yeah. Um, except that Zach adds talent and um, football knowledge and a whole bunch more. And it might make another 10 centimetres in height as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, he's been a very important player for us this year. What do you reckon he's in the back, uh, best and fairest right now? Oh, he'd have to be top four, I would think. He would, wouldn't he? Yeah. I would think Boke's probably winning. And then he'd yep. be sort of in that group with Burn Jones. And for me, Jonas... And Butters, mm. I think he'd be in that sort of group. Dixon as well, yeah. probably. Yeah, so probably, probably let's say six, because defenders usually score better in our system. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's certainly been an amazing year. Uh, anyway, back to Richmond. Uh, as far as a coach, should we be concerned about Damien Hardwick? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably, we should yeah. be. If we're not, uh, we're being a little bit silly, but... Um, yeah, look, I mean, you know, they've got a really good record against us in recent years, so they're very, very hard to beat. We found them very, very hard to beat, I think. Um, so, yeah, we absolutely yeah. need to be worried about Richmond and worried about Damien Hardwick. Yeah, well, I mean, if we're talking about the psychological advantage, um, who's got a quarter Richmond? I mean, I kind of feel like it has to be Richmond. Um, you know, they're third on the ladder, just doing enough to win games, but they're not really putting that effort in, and... This week, they actually get a chance to take it down the top side, which is exactly the sort of thing that teams that have made a bunch of finals and then there's some upstart on top of the ladder that thinks they're hot shit. That's the sort of game they get up for. So it be really interesting. Especially to see. against us. We've seen them in recent years, yeah. I think, uh, in two of the last three games at Adelaide Oval where uh, they've come you know, underprepared you know, with a little bit, you know, quite a few injuries and not their best side and they've come away with the win against us. So... Uh, hopefully, we stop this nonsense this week and uh, make sure we do enough to win. Yeah, hopefully. Anyway, um, apart from that, I guess we could move on to questions from Big Footy. If there are any you thought were particularly good, questions from Big Footy. We do have a few, which is nice. Uh-huh. Now, I think I just saw a couple in the spree chat, which we can talk about as well. Okay. Well, let me have a look. Uh, Wavin Ganganine has asked: uh, Is Joel Garner going to get a crack this year? Probably not. Um, probably not unless Darcy Byrne-Jones gets injured. 
like, and that's not even a, that's not even a strictly like for like, but I mean, the, the team that, the two players that seem to be in and out of the side are replacing each other, and that's probably Bonner and Burton, isn't it? Well, um, does that mean that with Mays out, we can add Garner in? Because we know Garner's very, very good defensively. Uh, he's safe as houses with the ball. Um, well, I, th- I think he should be playing. I, I really like Garner, and I yeah. think he should be playing. Yeah, look, it really it really depends on what you're looking for. Like, um, Yeah, it is definitely, if you're playing Garner, it needs to account for the fact that he is not the fastest. Um, and so you've got to, if you're looking at bringing him in, like he isn't a straight replace for Burton. He isn't a straight replace for Bonner because he doesn't have, I don't think he's got the particularly piercing kick either, which is the, the thing. Like he's a bit slow and he hasn't got the, the longest accurate kick. Um, and that's where even Mays is, like his kick is good. His play is meh, but his kick is good. Um, whereas I think that most of you could probably say about Garner is that he has a safe kick. And I don't know that that's what we'd be looking for at, at this moment in the side. Um, I think we'd be looking for more than that. Fair enough. Uh, Interstater has asked, uh, what did we learn from the last time we played Richmond? I think last time we played Richmond, we learned that they were the best team that we played all year and they won the premiership. (laughs) Uh, Because they thrashed us at uh, at the MCG. I think they won by 40 points or something around that. Not much else to say. Yeah, not much else to say about that. Really? No, no, no. We, we learned that they're a good side that is well drilled and knows what they're doing, and they're all very comfortable in the position they're in, which is always part of the battle. Is just getting to that point where you have that confidence. Yep. Um, and all we kind of have to do for Richmond, and it might come this week, is for them to reach the point when their arrogance gets a little bit ahead of them, and they get taken down, and they get taken down a couple of weeks in a row, and they start doubting themselves again. Yep. And that's really what we're all waiting for with Richmond. It's coming. It should be coming reasonably soon, whether soon, but soon means in the next couple of years. It might be now. You never know. It is rich then. Yeah, fair enough. Interstater has also asked, we are ranked 17th in rebound 50s per game. How much of an issue is this and what should we do about it? Uh, when you chop the ladder, it doesn't matter worth shit. Um, <laughs> because if you're 17th in the rebound 50s, but you have the sort of percentage that we have, which is absolutely absurd, um, really it mostly means, means the ball's that... Not going um, down there. Just get there. It's just not getting down there. And, you know, we've got the stats for that. The marks inside 50 against us. Let me pull out that stat. Marks inside 50 against us is 17th. Um, so, basically, there are, uh, we are the second fewest marks inside 50 against us of any team. Uh, so, that's directly related to the rebound 50s against. Absolutely. Look, the ball's just not getting down there for us to have enough rebound 50s, which, um, which is good. And you look at the bottom four uh, in that list, and it's Collingwood, Port, Brisbane... Richmond, who are probably the four premiership favourites, really. And uh, West yeah. Coast are, are 13th. So, you know, if you're low in that stat, then it generally means you're, you're winning games and you're doing pretty well. Or well, you're not, really not, bad. Not too, not too many outliers with that one. If you're top of that, then you look at the top teams in that stat. Sydney, they're not very good. Fremantle aren't yeah. very good. Adelaide are terrible. And uh, I guess the one outlier there is, uh, is the Giants, but um, they've had their issues with uh, ball movement and that sort of thing as well. So That's because Cameron's not a very good coach. Correct. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, let's also see... Okay. Uh, will the AFL hold the grand final at the MCG with all players wearing PPE? Honestly, I think they... I'm not going to... I reckon they have considered it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, let's be real. You know, we know that the, the AFL is going to do absolutely everything they can to work out how they can possibly keep the grand final in Victoria and ideally at the MCG. Like, you know they are going to put every thought into that. So that's oh, yeah. almost silly discussion that has been had. Has to have been. Yeah. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, ben Jennings has asked, is Jonas too short to beat Tom Lynch? Um, in a one-on-one, probably, yeah. a lot of the time. Um, but it really it comes down to our ability to frustrate forward entry for Richmond. Um, I guess if we're looking at how we do that, um, one of the ways to do that is probably having extra men um, frust- trying to frustrate them a- in that in that area, the same as again, this is pulling on the old playbook from us basically against us, is to make sure that you really pressure that entry into the forward line, and so that means making sure you got a, a good concentration of interference between the back half of the centre square and the forward fifty and the four fifty line. Yeah, um, and just make sure you got a, a good coverage there because that way, if they can't run it through, if they have to work out how to get over the top of that. Um, the long kick, like that's immediately makes it a better contest for someone like Jonas to deal with. Uh, if it's a big, long, slow kick from a long way away, you know, that's, that's, that he can work with that. Um, yeah. he'll get screwed if we don't have enough presence there and they can set, you know, they can just flop it on the chest of, uh, you know, uh, one of the tall forwards. So, yeah. Well, they like to isolate their tall forwards. They like to, um, to get them one out and, uh, and leading towards the bowl, which, um, you know, if that's the case for us, then we're going to be in a lot of trouble. So we just got to make sure we have numbers around the uh, that forward clock. contest. Just got to which, which is what we've done very, very well so far this year. So, yep. you know, guys like Jonas and McKenzie are going to have to, you know, chop out in front and take those marks, which they've been doing. And hopefully that continues this yeah. week. Yeah, they've got to be doing that. And we've got to be pressuring the point of the kick as well. So that means that our um, external midfield have got to be genuinely accountable, which is going to be interesting. Yep, I like it. Uh, Dylan Eight has asked, uh, what alcohol should I drink on Saturday? Left field answers encouraged. Limoncello. <laughs> Limoncello <laughs> and Jägermeister in a shot together. Yeah. That's probably it's not bit, too bad, actually. A bit left field. <laughs> not sure how that would taste. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if you did that with a bit of soda, it'd be all right. Yeah. 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 Gin and SARS, maybe? I don't know. Something a bit different. Oh, definitely. Get right in it. <laughs> uh, AFL2004 has asked, who is the best Muppet? Stephen Ooh. Trigg, probably. Yeah, probably. He reckons Peppy the King Prawn. I don't know the Peppy the King Prawn. He's pretty cool. He's a cool character. I like him. I think everyone likes Roth the Dog. I think yeah. Rolf the dog is sort of the best. Like he's not the best in terms of yeah, wow, superstar Rolf. But I think there's no one that thinks a bad thing about Rolf. I think yeah. he's like everyone. Has, yeah, Rolf's alright. He's good. That's true. I'm a bit of a Gonzo fan. I obviously like uh, Stadler and Waldorf as well. They're, they're good value. Uh, yeah, you can't go wrong. There's not many bad Muppets. I don't reckon. No, no. Look, I mean, I think Beaker's pretty safe one as well. Beaker's pretty. Beaker's good. great. Beaker is great. Yeah. The Swedish uh, chef. Swedish Chef is great, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Some of them are polarising, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's a couple of good ones there. There you are. It is where it is. Uh, Interstater has asked, should you keep chocolate in the fridge overnight to keep it warmer than in the cupboard? <laughs> it has been bloody freezing here, I have to say. It's been very, very cold overnight. 
in Adelaide this winter. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess this must be a very freeing season for you, Matthew. You can just leave a box of chocolate everywhere and they'll all be you know, nice and crisp and break your teeth. Just fantastic. Uh, just leave it outside overnight and it's perfect. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Something you can suck on like a chopper chop. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I'm all for that. As, as we know, good. refrigerated chocolate is the way to go. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it, absolutely not. It's terrible. No, no, no. Never, never. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. How are we going? Is that all the questions we've got, got there? Got a few or? more. A couple more. Vine Valerian has asked, uh, are the Footy Express buses running? I don't know. You have to wait for the agenda to ask that question. Mm. Uh, he's also asked, and will John Butcher be given a contract extension? I would hope so. I would hope yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've missed him. Oh, we sure have, haven't we? We have. No... I mean, imagine if we just, if we just had him there waiting to come in when Marshall got injured. Like he's just ready, he's just ready to go. And so we have a a Marshall Dixon Georgiades forward line. That's mm. not sorry, a Butcher Dixon Georgiades forward line. How good would that be? That would be lovely. Be delicious. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Incarnate has asked, uh, as the resident hard-ass and arbiter of justice, if the Port Adelaide Football Club stood in front of you and you demanded a pound of flesh, from which breast should this pound come from? Come forth? KT. KT, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's my choice. Fair Could enough. say Kosh. Probably KT. Hmm. Mm. I'm happy to go with that. I'm happy yeah. to go with that. When's he pissing off? Is he is he done yet? <laughs> uh, who knows? Who knows? He might stay around for another twelve he's, months. He's lingering like COVID. It's crazy. <laughs> Very hard. <laughs> Our last question, Andre. Uh, if you were list manager at Port and the AFL forced you to trade a starting eighteen player under thirty years old to Adelaide for Brad Crouch, they couldn't oh. return and would be forced to accept the trade. Who would you pick and why? Oh, what was the age limit? Under 30. Oh, just... Okay. Jared Linus played two games this year. He was in uh, okay. Best 22 it's last week. Does that count? Does that count? It's not, it's, I thought it was first 18, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he played last week. Does that count? Probably not. It's difficult, isn't it? That's I mean, a tough one. Stephen Motlock. There you go. That'd have, been, that'd have been my pick. Gee, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's really tough, actually. Just looking through this list of players, ideally it'd be someone that... Oh, I don't know. Motlock would be perfect for the Crows, I think. Uh, maybe yeah. Scott Lysett. He'd be my other option, probably. Look, Lysett would sort of solve a problem if we traded him out in that we're not getting games in the same haze. Mm. Um, man, all the ones I want to get rid of are over 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That's a tough choice, that one. That's a really tough question. I guess Stephen Motlock is the one that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, wow. Mm. Okay. And that's it. Question's done. Lovely. All righty. Well, in that case, just um, the final wrap. Uh, you got a winning side in the margin there, Maka? Oh, tough one. It's a real tough one this week. 
I don't know. I don't trust us against Richmond at home. I've been very disappointed two of the last three times we played them here. Uh, and I feel like I'm going to be disappointed again this time around. I think it's going to be a bit of a tight game. Uh, won't be a high-scoring one. I think it's going to be Richmond seven goals, Port five. Uh, so about 14 points to Richmond, and that's that's my pick this week. Okay. I reckon we're going to recreate that game where I think we won five goals to three against Richmond in absolutely pouring rain. Oh, how good would that be? That was a great game. Yeah, let's go with that scoreline again. That'll be probably about right. Parts of my body were wet, which have never been wet since at that game. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a... Absolutely amazing. Like, you would never imagine that you could actually see a lake forming in front of you. Yeah. Um, it's the height of the stadium. And a good finish. That was, that was a, a, an actual exciting finish good. to that game. It genuinely was. It was mm. a certainly a unique game. I don't think I'd ever go to one. Like, it's not a game you choose to go to if you're thinking, let's go to a game. But, like, having been there, certainly one of those unique football experiences I've experienced for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and who's going to be the highest goal kicker for Port? Well, I'm going to say um, Dixon with two. I'm going to go Butters with three. Oh, that'd be nice. That <laughs> would be nice. And time for the weekly update, which is a new section. Anytime I'm on the podcast, I'm going to say, how good is Zach Butters? And he's yeah, pretty bloody good. Me, so. He's bloody good, isn't he? He's, he's pretty, pretty good. good. He's very good. Oh, my gosh. He's... I think that the thing I enjoy most about Zach Butters, and it's the same thing I enjoyed with Michael Wilson, is that you have to keep watching because with Michael Wilson, sometimes you think, oh, Michael Wilson, he had a pretty good game. And then you watch the replay and then you see all the little things he does. Yeah. You just you go, wow, that was amazing. Wow, that's incredible. He's contributing so much. Look, he made that other thing happen that I didn't even notice when I watched it the first time at the ground. And Zach Butters is 100% in that same category of player. He just... You see him at the game, and you think, yeah, he's, I guess he did right. I saw him a few times. And you watch the replay, you watch the highlights, you go, holy shit, he's involved in everything. It's ridiculous. That's right. And uh, not look, not only is Zach Butters having a, a wonderful second season at AFL level, and I'm so happy mm-hmm. we drafted him, but it's made oh, twice as good by the fact that the Crows picked Chase Jones ahead of him. I know. Uh, look, that was, that was the classic call, you know. <laughs> I remember us laughing when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> On that podcast, I remember us laughing at that moment, and uh, and it's turned out for the best at this point in time. Well, I mean, ultimately, it probably always will now because we've seen that Butters has got this and um, like a world class, like a top, probably a top, eventually a top ten AFL football brain, you know. Whereas Chase Jones, like his strongest asset, one hundred percent of the time, is his athleticism, um, and he's already got that. So he's going to have to add a lot more than Duck Butters will. That's for sure. Um, yeah going to be really difficult uh, and, and I, that's why it was absolutely amazing he went as early as he did I feel sorry for him because uh, I don't th- I think I had him 18th in my ranking so I did rate him just not as a top 10 pick but look there's obviously something going he's obviously devoid of all sorts of confidence at the moment because um, well, it's not good for a player of that talent to uh, only be getting three touches a game that's uh, that's silly there's something going on there well, I mean- Who's teaching him? That's, I guess that's the other question. You know, like, I don't know. What sort of mentorship do they have at the Crows with uh, so many people opting out? It's, yeah. can't feel that great. True. Um, and I guess next question, Zach Hinkley, would you do it now? Not yet. 
Not yet. Yeah, I still would. <laughs> Ask me again on Monday, and I might change <laughs> change okay. my mind. Uh, are there any other games you're looking forward to, Mecca? Uh, yes, there is. There's quite a few games this week, which is nice. Uh, Brisbane Bulldogs, I think, will be a good one. I think that'll be pretty yeah. good. Saints-Geelong, that'll be up there. That's a good one. And uh, obviously Crows-Collingwood to see how much Collingwood win by in that particular game. Uh, yeah, but wouldn't it be great if... It, like, this is the one game of the year I think it'd be hilarious if the Crows won. I would love it if the Crows... Were, they're definitely going to win a game this season. I don't think they'll go winless. And uh, why not make it against right. Collingwood? Because Sydney couldn't do the job. You know, it would be good if to see Collingwood uh, lose a game and... Uh, Take some pressure off. Um, and yeah, why not this week? Yeah, yeah. And uh, who do you reckon is going to win over Suns in Essendon? Uh, probably Essendon, I think. Yeah. At Metricon? Yep. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yep. I'll probably stick with the Suns. I also forgot um, one thing I didn't put in the notes about Richmond. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but... Derek Egg Melissa Smith has got to be one of the best names in football right now. The Egg Molester. Got to love it. What a name. <laughs> the Egg oh, my God. That's just a, a first-class, weird football name. Absolutely wonderful. Just Egg, hats, Egg off. hats off. Egg Smith. That in. Egg Molester Smith. Perfect. All right. Well, look, I mean, that's it. We're done. That we is it. Frank has done the right thing. He's tipped the opposition. So good to have you back. That's a good... Thank you very much. Um, I'll get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess we're done. So thank you for everyone listening. Thank you anyone listening on the speak chat. I haven't got that up on my laptop here. I have to set that up a little bit more. Uh, and yeah, that's it for me. So, uh, Until next anything time. else? Can't port. Can't port. Port. Can't power. <laughs>